Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. What a day. What a palaver. I mean, not only am I late from when I usually do it for people watching live on twitch.tv, Forza Simon 316, cheap plug. But um, yeah, I'm also late from the the, the, the delayed time because I tried to turn my laptop on and it had to do all these firmware updates that took about 30 minutes. So I was just like, well, what are we going to do? We'll just take our time. We'll relax and we'll get there when we get there. But thank you very much for joining me. As always, there are multiple ways to listen to the show. You can do it here live on twitch.tv, Forza Simon 316, which soon we will be doing sort of mini daily updates or talking about whatever's going on in the wrestling world as soon as I get my ass in gear. But don't forget to go and search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Show right now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. There's loads of episodes you don't get live on that SoundCloud or that audio feed right now waiting for your ass which is not a which is not a thing at all wrestling is in a isn't wrestling strange right now if it's a thursday you just know people are going to be yelling about aew and nxt ratings which i enjoy from a fascination point of view but i i'm not one of these crazy people that hopes when a, a company burns and dies, I get tweeted that at least a few times a day. I want insert company here to die. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> why, why do you? Why would anybody want that? Why would you want a bunch of people then who can't get? Well, I'm sure they would get jobs somewhere, but you want as many places to work as possible. And look, I, I can't remember if we talked about this or not. I think we have. I thought NXT Great American Bash Night Two was awesome. I thought Fight Fest Part Two was awesome. I'm looking forward to Fight for the Fallen on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to see what NXT are going to do. And that's the same with Raw and SmackDown. Speaking of SmackDown, which went on Friday, yes, I you know you got to call a spade a spade. One of the worst WWE shows I've seen probably since this pandemic started. That women's segment with the karaoke. I have no words. And again, make sure you go over to What Culture Wrestling. Check out my ups and downs series. Give them a subscribe. And make sure you follow me here on Twitch as well if you don't already. And subscribe on audio feed, blah, blah, blah. Ill-advised is what I will go for. I mean, you could have just had them have a match. Crazy, I know. A match in a wrestling show. But even then, it would have been... It would have made much sense doing karaoke in terms of, well, why are we having a match? I don't understand it. I really, really don't. I thought it was, I thought it was appalling. <laughs> if i completely honest to the point i can't even remember anything else that happened on that show because i was so wounded by by what i had seen well the tag team match was good you know shinsuke nakamura and cesaro versus the new day was good it was just let down by a bad finish i don't want to talk about smackdown too much as last week's wrestling but it was just it was not one clean finish on that show and if it wasn't for people like sasha banks and bailey it's so weird because a few weeks, maybe a couple months or so ago, I thought SmackDown was the better show. And now I actually think Raw has taken a step ahead of it, which is very strange given all the recent comings and goings. But I presume WWE still sees Raw as the A brand. And given that ratings are down all over the place, they're like, okay, well, we'll focus on Monday nights and then we'll shift across to Fridays, even though that makes no sense because obviously Fox kind of does have to be treated as a bigger deal because they're a bigger they're a bigger network but who knows you know i don't work in the business side of wwe so i don't have to worry about these things as for raw this week obviously it's the go home show for extreme rules the horror show or the horror show at extreme rules ah. <laughs> gotta have a scream what was that again ups and downs raw check it out right now what culture wrestling what was the screams 
Why were there people screaming every time an advert popped up? It got me every single time as I slammed my finger into the table and wiggled my camera. Every time it made me go, who's screaming? Oh, it's a television. <laughs> what was this? I don't understand these things. I understand it was to, you know, draw your attention to it. But everybody watching Raw is going to go and watch flipping that anyway. Of course they are. Of course they are. So that was very, very absolutely bizarre. Uh, let's talk about Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, because I find this very strange too. The match will be great. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler are incredibly talented professional wrestlers. But I don't understand the story, and I don't understand why we're not revealing what the stipulation is going to be. I don't know how true this is. There is a spoiler going around, so turn off for 30 seconds or so if you don't want to know this. I won't talk about it for too long. But there is a spoiler going around that it's going to be a, a TLC match. And if that is the case, I will be livid because Dolph Ziggler told me this was a match that I'd never seen before. I've seen a thousand TLC matches, so I'm going to guess there's some some shenanigans going on there. But I also think that you should reveal what it's going to be before the event so it gives you a reason to tune in. And also, it just puts it on too much of a pedestal. It puts it way too high up there. You know, what are they going to come up with that's actually going to make you go, oh, yeah, great, that was really good? Because everything's been done. We've had the ring on fire. We've had a, a, you know, a reverse battle royal where people have to get inside the ring. We've done everything. So I don't think all of a sudden people are going to come up with something magic. So that's weird. And also you've got now the story is that Dolph Ziggler, apparently, even though Drew McIntyre was really successful in NXT, let me see if I've got this right before I waffle, but without Drew, sorry, without Dolph, Drew would never have been a success on the main roster and everything he did before that counted for naught, even though those two didn't really do anything on the main roster. Very odd. Very, very odd. Very, very strange indeed. I think the real issue is that WWE has just done a poor job. And I like WWE. Like some people think, oh, everyone hates WWE. No, no, I like WWE. But I think over the last few months, they've done a little bit of a poor job in coming up with challenges for their main championships. Like you had The Miz and um, uh, John Morrison challenging, which never should have happened. Uh, the whole Bray Wyatt thing feels a little long in the tooth. Obviously, this is a universal championship. Bobby Lashley came and went. Um, whoever the hell else, Drew McIntyre, came and went. I can't remember who was before Bobby Lashley now. Had that weird stuff with the big show. And now it kind of feels like we're going to get through extreme rules. Drew McIntyre will beat Dolph Ziggler, and then he'll move on to someone else. Which I don't mind, but I would just like some of the stories to have a bit more weight to them. It feels very last minute, which is a shame, because I think they could have done, they could have done more. But the good thing to come out of it all is that Drew McIntyre is booked awesomely. He is booked like a confident, I'm going to kick your ass champion. And that is, uh, that's great. Like that really, really is good. We haven't had this kind of champion for a long ass time, especially not on the men's side. Obviously, I think Becky Lynch fit into that category on the women's. But um, yeah, like even in this sort of go home angle, I know they had the brawl later on, but when they're doing the VIP lounge, Drew McIntyre still punches him in the face. He's still dominant. He's still confident. It's not like he has to have his ass handed to him just because he's the champion. We're meant to think, oh, he's in peril. No, he shouldn't be in peril. He's like a nine foot two Scottish crazy person. Of course he should be in control. So unless of course it turns out that Dolph Ziggler wins and that's why they do it. But I think that would be crazy. If Dolph Ziggler wins the WWE championship this Sunday, I will shave off my head. I know everybody calm down. Big stakes on the line. Point is it's not going to happen either way. So it doesn't matter. But I think the match will be good. Drew McIntyre should win. And then really what we should do is that we should get Randy Orton into the mix. Because I think Randy Orton right now is the greatest professional in the world. I don't think anybody is doing a better job at what they've been asked to do than the man who hears voices in his head. When that Ric Flair Big Show conversation started and went on for about seven lifetimes, I was like, oh, no. But it was so good. And it added so much to that story. And surprise, surprise, Ric Flair knows what he's doing. 
But the paranoia, I suppose, in Randy Orton's head that now he's even thinking, you know, Ric Flair, his mentor, his family, as he mentioned, is going to turn his back on him. And that he's willing to kick everybody in the head. We've set something up great here. Like The only foible for me is he should have beat Truth and punted him. And then just sell Truth like he's a legend. I'll accept that. Our Truth is great. Everybody loves him. His tenure is absolutely ridiculous. He's a 24-7 champion legend. So we can't, um, so we can't, uh, we can't sort of, you know, worry about that. It, that, we didn't do that, and I think that was a mistake. I think at Extraordinary, the day after Extraordinary, on Raw, having an unsanctioned match between him and Big Show. Don't know why it's unsanctioned, don't care. But Randy Orton should absolutely punt him in the head and take him out of the game. And then he should turn on Ric Flair. And I agree, I don't think Ric Flair should be on TV right now. I think he should be as far away and locked in a house so he doesn't get, you know, the thing, the global pandemic situation. Don't know what you're allowed to say on Twitch compared to YouTube. That should be kept, you know, absolutely miles away. But he's not, right? So in terms of using him in this thing, there are so many things, because they're pre-taping, there is a way that you can punt Ric Flair in the head and keep him safe in terms of the, the, the violence of that angle and then write him off TV. And then all of a sudden, over the course of a month, not only is Randy Orton written off Edge, Christian, he's written off R-Truth, he's written off Big Show, and he's written off Ric Flair. Ric Flair, probably the ultimate legend, the number one legend. And if there's anybody else we can get back, and he should win the championship too. He should win the championship at SummerSlam. I truly believe this. And then you should go into this big, cool idea you've got for Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. I, I flipping loved it. I flipping, I believed every second of it. Randy Orton has obviously been motivated by all of this. He is both, you know, thinks he's right in his own convictions, but also comes across like a crazy person. It's a thousand ticks. It's a thousand ticks all around. I think uh, I think he's smashing this and more power and more power to him. Like I say, when that conversation started, I was like, oh man, I don't want to be. But no, no, it was great. It was so good, and I was so invested. The hard truth thing felt like it could have been executed with a bit more. Uh, I don't know the word would be. It, it felt a little bit like they weren't one hundred percent sure they wanted to do, and I think they could have been more confident with that. But that is a minor, a minor, minor criticism. And he's got to punt Ric Flair in the head. There's no two ways about it. He's got to take his boot and punt Ric Flair in the head. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be a very disappointed man, which is a very, very strange thing to say. But I've said it now, and there's no going back. That's just on the... Uh, <laughs> that's, the uh, that's the tick that we're on. Absolutely the highlight of Raw to me. Well, I say that... But I was, I was also very happy to see the return of Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler. Would have appreciated it if somebody had told me what the hell was going on. Like, where have they been? Where's Shayna Baszler been? Where, where's Bianca Belair been? Why has Bianca Belair hate the Iconics and teaming with Ruby Wright? There's just, and I get it. It's because so many people have tested positive. So you have to kind of, you know, get the people involved that you can. But I do sometimes feel like it's like a little bit like a slap around the face to people that do want to try and... Um, well, you, you want to believe in what you're seeing. And when it feels a bit like a merry-go-round, you can't. But whatever. It doesn't matter massively. But, you know, Bianca Belair looked good. And she took control. And she whooped the Iconics' ass. So that's a massive tick. And Shayna Baszler. I know that Tazawa and R-Truth are essentially comedy characters. But, you know, even in a world where we absolutely do need parity and diversity and balance, seeing her chase off two men, quote-unquote, for people listening onto the audio thing, does make her, <coughs> excuse me, does make her come across like an even bigger badass. It's just true. And it's just so simple to book Shayna Baszler because she's so legitimate because of her background and because if you are a nerd fan, you know everything she's done down in NXT. So yeah, just be smart with this. I don't know where this is going. I mean... 
really, Sasha Banks should probably lose at the weekend, although I don't really want that. I like the idea of Sasha Banks and Bailey taking over. However, Shayna Baszler versus Oscar for the championship is money. I know we've seen it before, but it wasn't exactly bad. So I would be, I'd be well up for, well up for doing it. Um, well up for doing it again. So yeah, it's um, that was just, it was just two nice things to see. And if they vanish again, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. But <laughs> it could happen. It happens all the time. You just got to take it for what it is. I didn't, I don't, talking about things that I don't understand what's going on, I don't really get what the plan, as I click things on my screen to make things calm down that are going crazy, my word. I don't really understand what is going on with uh, the Viking Raiders. It seems, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of the right word. It's just, I, the Viking Raiders were already being booked a bit like jokes, right? They just were. Because they did all the stuff with the Street Profits, but it was kind of... Because there was four people being doofuses, and I quite enjoyed it, it was fun. But all of a sudden, they're scripting Eric and Ivar, Eric especially, I think, I get confused between the two because I'm a moron, to sound ridiculous. And now he's wooing Charlie Caruso, which has been the Angel Garza angle for the last however long. And it's not like it went anywhere. I know it was Angel Garza versus Ivar at the end. But then they just beat him. They were smarter than the Viking Raiders. They outthought them. And I don't have an issue with this because I finally would like Angel and Andrade to be pushed to the point that they do become, uh, you know, like an actual... I don't mind all the bickering. I think that's a nice subplot. But I want them to be genuine contenders for the Street Profits titles. I actually think that's a good program. I think it works. It's a good guy versus bad guy. And it actually puts a focus back on the belts, which we haven't had for some time. But why you have to make the Viking Raiders look like such jokes? Like, I am all for other teams losing because we are lighting a fire under somebody else. That's resting, and sometimes WWE doesn't do that enough. But why do we have to really kick Eric and Ivar? <laughs> I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, like, that was a weird one. Let me just sort this out. This, this computer's updated itself, and it's gone crazy. Um... Yeah, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. But again, at least Andrade and Angel Garza won. It was solid. It was, you know, it was it wasn't there was a lot of shenanigans. There's a lot of shenanigans on Raw, and this was shenaniganless. So I was all right with it, and I could accept it. I should get my notes up so I don't forget anything. Before we do that, though, of course, we should absolutely uh, talk about some of the people that are in the chat right now. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, the Mellow Scene loves my Eternia shirt. Oh yeah, I'm wearing a He-Man vest. I've got a He-Man Skeletor vest on for anyone that cares. And he's working out in the Eternia gym. The best shirt I've bought in a long time. 80s Tees, I think it was called. I got this from. Absolutely genius. Um, Miguel says the Viking Raiders are the new Bushwhackers. I think that's a bit strong. I mean, the, bash the Bushwhackers were always a uh, comedy tag team from day one. I still think the Viking Raiders had more to them. The Viking Raiders are very good. Not that the Bushwhackers weren't, but they can work with anybody. So I'm not sure I would go uh, I would go that far. But I see where you're coming from. Uh, Breen says the Street Profits weren't there, but Bel Air was. Why do they book it like that? Dude, if I could answer that question, I'd be a loaded man. I have absolutely no clue. And where was the other one that I just saw people mentioning quarantine? It's true. A lot of it is going to be is going to be quarantine. Oh, Bree. Bree22208 says, when is there not shenanigans in WWE? You are correct. There is a lot of shenanigans there. Uh, but yeah, but at least we have a team that if you do now build up to a tag team match against the Street Profits, it actually makes sense, right? And that's okay. Sometimes we don't get that. Sometimes random people come out. Uh, I didn't talk about MVP in general. MVP is just great. Ironically, is one of the MVPs of Raw and WWE right now. Who knew? So... 
it's it's just it's, it's incredible to me that at one point he wasn't going to be used and he was just going to be a producer that was the idea i mean clearly he's got he's got it, it, the, the the thing that disappoints me and not really because he's been out there doing his own thing but wouldn't it have been great if he had come back sooner right maybe sort of four five six years earlier i think he fits in perfectly i think him and lashley are awesome uh, if it does turn out the MVP, obviously because he's got his fake US belt, which I'm sure will become the, the, the legit one, depending on who wins on Sunday. Apollo Crews losing is not a good idea, but I'm so into MVP's performance and push that even if he did, I wouldn't mind it. I'd be behind it 100%. That's how good he is. And I think we should get Bobby Lashley a belt as well. What belt we can get him, I don't know. I think those two could be formidable. And I like all these teasing that Cedric Alexander could join this group. I think MVP should now make a massive faction. And maybe you confuse them with Seth Drupal or somebody else down the line. I don't know. There'll be other ones you'd be able to make. That could just be a red herring, of course. But I, I, I like the tease. I think it makes sense too. And I also didn't mind Bobby Lashley whooping Ricochet's ass. I actually thought it was quite a fun match. But they've gotten that full Nelson over now. It's something you have to avoid because you have to tap out straight away. That's all you need to do. Let me embrace it on television and don't rush this stuff. So we did that. So that's a couple of thumbs up. And again, it kind of goes back to the Andrade Angel Garza thing. Right now, Bobby Lashley and MVP are the project. I'm just happy to see Ricochet and Cedric Alexander back on television. And it was a clean finish too, so I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be a hypocrite at all. Um but yeah, I just I just I'd love that pairing. I just do. You 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 tell me and like um KHL the second says MVP is definitely killing on the mic. I like his work right now. Agreed. Agreed. He's, I think he's so good. He's so good and I'm happy to see him. I'm happy to see him back on my TV. All right, we got to do it. I've just seen it in my notes. An eye for an eye, an eye for an eye, an eye for an eye, an eye for an eye. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. The only way, unless it's a, 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 pre, a, a cinematic match, which it may be, the only way I can see this ending is that Rey Mysterio is about to have his pupil ripped from his socket and Dominic says, no, no, please don't do it, Seth, I will join your group, right? Now, Rey Mysterio apparently, rumoredly, is working without a contract right now so i'll have to sign something new always going to go away don't know how that affects dominic but whatever just throwing it out there so you know i, I, I just don't know what they're going to do i find it absolutely flabbergasting that they have decided to go down this route now i'm not going to criticize it because for the last few years everyone has said about the extreme rules pay-per-view that it's not extreme enough well, now you've gone the, the other way, so you, you can't have it both ways. You want an extreme stipulation, you've got a mad extreme stipulation. I just, I don't see how now Seth Rollins can lose, right? Because he essentially got screwed over on Raw. You know, Alistair Black, uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio all got up on the apron, distracted him, of course, WWE finish. Stunner, one, two, three, Kevin Owens win. Didn't actually help Kevin Owens, I thought. Made him look a bit gutless, and again, it actually made me feel bad towards Seth, which was not the plan. But I'm going to assume he lost there twofold because he's going to beat Rey Mysterio the weekend and then go into a feud with Kevin Owens. So that's okay. It makes all the sense in the world. I would have just had Kevin Owens win, but whatever. When you get to that program on Sunday, though, if you extract somebody's eye, even with the use of special effects, if Rey Mysterio resigns, or if we are actually going to remove Seth's eye, that eye can never come back. Right? This is, I know AJ Styles died, and I know Gallows and Anderson literally died because that well not literally, but figuratively within Kayfabe died because they never returned. But I don't see how you can do it. And they will do it. I mean, Kane was meant to have a burn phase, Kofi Kingston was meant to be Jamaican, Lana was meant to be Russian. But I almost feel like this is going a step more because 
We never actually saw Kane's burned face, right? It turned out that it was all in his head and it was psychosomatic. Kind of added to the character. Gave him an extra layer of depth. But if you do an eye versus eye match and Seth Rollins' or Rey Mysterio's eye is removed and one of those people isn't leaving the company forever, I'm not sure that you can reverse that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe they're doing this. I'm not against it. I'm so fascinated and intrigued. I kind of like it. I think when it does happen, it's going to be one of the matches I'm looking forward to. Just again, out of sheer, well, what the hell is going to happen now? I think Dom... And then if Rey Mysterio is leaving, how does Dominic stay without Rey? There's so many so many unanswered questions, which I guess also, I suppose, is good. I suppose I suppose that ticks all the boxes, uh, ticks all the boxes and it works. But we're doing it, man. They, they both made it clear. Seth Rollins made it clear. Rey Mysterio made it doubly clear that it was his challenge and he wanted this. I like the fact that Kevin Owens was all like, oh, look what you've done, Seth. You've sent, you know, one of the most respected men in this business so over the edge. He wants to have an eye versus eye match. So at least people are reacting in the right way. Like even Don't Call Him Buddy Murphy was saying, Seth, what are you doing? You madman. And then the Alistair Black Buddy Murphy match was great too, aside from that damn finish. Another non-finish. It's just Boy Who Cried Wolf. People seem to misunderstand me when I say this. Non-finishes and countouts and DQs and surprise roll-ups are absolutely tools that you should be using and having at your disposal. But you can't do them all the time. You just can't because it gets boring and it wears thin. It's, it's like if you watched, I don't know, Ozark or Breaking Bad or, you know, pick your entertainment, The Sopranos, pick your TV show of choice. If every single episode ended with... Uh, you know, Tony Sobrano killing somebody in the mafia. They did that every single episode. In season three, you're going to be like, it's kind of what happened in 24. You know, all of 24, the last couple of seasons just weren't as good because they went back to the well too many times. And it's even more prominent with wrestling because wrestling is every single week. It doesn't stop. And that was my only issue with, with all of this. But if I guess what I'm trying to say is if WWE try and find a cop-out for the eye versus eye thing... I don't know how that's going to go down. But I look, again, there are lots of matches on that pay-per-view that I want to see. I want to see the Swamp match again, because what? I want to see Drew McIntyre versus Dolph, because if they come up with a good step, that will be interesting. I want to see I versus I. I think Sasha Banks versus Oscar is going to kill it. I think Bailey versus Nikki Cross is going to be good. That's a good card. And I think that's why it's doubly good that they moved Randy Orton Big Show, unsanctioned match for no reason, to Raw. Because you don't want to overkill your pay-per-view. It's not a pay If this was an actual pay-per-view and they needed people to pay 50 bucks, then hell yeah, throw them on it. But they're not. And you need stuff for the TV rating, which everybody's freaking out about at the moment. But they've got me. And, and, and that's all that matters. Uh, Breen says that they're thinking somebody turns. I don't know who. I don't think Seth Rollins could turn now. But I'm thinking maybe you go bad guy. Maybe Dominic goes full on bad guy. Maybe it's not even a sympathy thing. It's a pure screw it. Um, and Breen says maybe Murphy goes face. I hope that doesn't happen. I still think there's more to this Seth group. But the vanishing of Austin Theory, for whatever reason, I'm not going to speculate because I don't know. Um... We should have been adding people to Seth's group. It's a shame that we've subtracted. I would have tried to get a couple of people in there. And I know it's not his fault because he lost the he lost the authors of pain. But for a cult to feel threatening, they need to have a lot of idle followers, right? They don't actually know what they're buying into. It's why a cult can be so terrifying. And I do think that was the plan, but we've kind of skipped away from it. But look, who we will see. I'm not against it. So I keep pausing. I'm not. I, I know it's easy to criticize, but that doesn't mean I'm against it because I'm not. Oh, man, I just pushed a button on my phone and screwed that up. Let's not do that. I think that was pretty much raw as well. Uh, that was that, that was the whole thing. Um, oh, the tag match at the end. The only problem with the tag match is that nobody we should have been bigging that up the whole night. 
unless I look, sometimes I miss things, right? But I don't remember the commentators or the announce team or the on-screen graphics mentioning once that the women's tag team championships were being defended at the end. And that sucked because it was a great match. Uh, Oscar and Kyrie Sane had some kind of post-match angle on Raw Talk, which I haven't seen. I've only heard about when I think they said they're going to do a match or something like that. I don't know, but it sounds good. Bailey and Sasha Banks won. Like, I know there was a bit of uh, underhandedness, but they are bad guys and there was nothing over the top. And they beat the Kabuki Warriors clean, which should happen because they're the tag team champions. At one point, I was worried it was going to be a surprise roll-up, but it wasn't. And it hasn't made me think any less of Oscar and Kyrie Sane. It's just made me think, okay, on that night, they got got. And maybe on a different night, they'll be the ones that are standing tall. The only, again, I, say the, I keep saying the only issue, but what I would love to happen right now, and plan it out, don't rush it, get the belts off Sasha Banks and Bailey, put them out into the greater field when it comes to the women so that you can actually involve more, be it Lacey Evans, Tamina, uh, Naomi, Dana Brooke, whoever you want, I don't care, you know, come up with some teams, uh, or Carmella, wherever the hell she is. And you know, then allow the singles titles to go to Kyrie saying Oscar, Bailey, Sasha Banks. That's the only issue is that, I feel like we could really build up some worth in the tag team championships and then share the love around to get more people on, on the show. And we're not really doing that, which isn't a massive problem because Oscar Kyrie saying Sasha Banks and Bailey are so talented. The more you give me, the more I'm going to be, I'm going to be all right with it. But you, you can't do that for too long. But great way to finish Raw. I like the show overall. I always do this thing where I don't go on the, the internet until after I've seen it and I've written my notes and probably usually when I've got it recorded, not today because I was having a nightmare. But I, a lot of people were down on this show. I wasn't down on it at all. There was some really dumb moments. You know, I'm not going to pretend otherwise, but I think Raw recently has been decent. I think the storyline threads come together. I think it all makes sense. Um, I think we're now peaking some storylines at the right time, such as Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. I think we're setting up things. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. The big show Randy Orton stuff is excellent. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, like MVP, are the MVPs of the show. So, uh, you know, there are, I think sometimes people get mad at one segment, as you should do, and they just let it bleed over the whole thing. Now, that was the case on SmackDown. SmackDown did not have a lot of good. So the bad, you know, really stood out to be bad. But I thought this Raw was decent. Not maybe as decent as it needed to be for a go-home show to Extreme Rules. I'm not sure there was anything on there that made me go, oh my gosh, I've absolutely got to watch this pay-per-view, though of course I'll watch it regardless. But um, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't like it at all. I just got to... How do you block people in... Yeah, how, I don't know. There's some guys being an idiot in the chat. There we go. Bye, asshole. See? Don't be, don't be an idiot in the, in the chat. Oh, that didn't work. Hang on. This is the only problem about doing stuff live on Twitch. He's gone. Sorry, everyone, for that asshole that was saying stupid things. He should be gone now. I'm sorry to listen to everybody on the audio. I know that's no fun, but we don't need a guy effing and blinding and thinking he's a, he's a, big, he's a big dude just because he's, he's sat behind a computer. What an absolute loser. I'll give you my address, pal. Come around my house, then we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I thought Raw was decent. Let me know in the comments too um, what you thought. Breen says, I want Nikki to beat Bailey as a shock and then get Alexa just a bit jealous. I like that storyline, but I, I don't want to do it for the title. I just don't. I don't know why. I want Bailey to hold on to that championship and lose it to Sasha Banks. But I certainly don't mind the teasing of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross having a feud because then that then removes them from the Sasha Banks-Bailey situation. And again, it shines a spotlight on them, which is what I think a lot of the other women do need. But uh we will see. We will see. Let me know what you thought about Raw in the comments, though. I'm always intrigued. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, Slick Revenge says, what do you think about Undisputed Era being called up? Uh, do we need to call them up? 
I don't know. I, I think right now they'd be lost in the shuffle. I'm not necessarily... I mean, where's Dominic Dijakovic? He was supposed to come up. If you are going to bring them up, I put them on SmackDown because Daniel Bryan's not going to be around for a long time because he's about to have a kid and there's obviously other issues there with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. So I'd shift them over there. I just don't know whether the time to do it now is with no crowd. Does it benefit NXT? Does it really benefit Raw or SmackDown? Are more people going to tune in? I'm not 100% sure that they would. Uh, in terms of news, and again, if there's anything you want me to talk about, smash it in the comments. I, I do forget things every now and then. Uh, I will just say that Biting Trump's Tasty Peach, which is a very interesting username. That's not something that I'm saying. Uh, says, Ray versus Seth. Eye for an eye seems a bit crazy to me. Not even ECW would go that far. Well, the fact is going to be quite over the top. I think it actually means it won't be as violent as we think. And I've seen plenty of stuff in ECW, which is the most violent thing ever. So I imagine that they will uh, that they will win. But yeah, any kind of news, make sure you drop it in the chat and I will uh, throw, throw some questions in there too and we'll answer them before the end of the show. Uh, but I want to talk about the Charlotte Flair stuff. If you saw over the weekend, maybe Sunday, Monday around then, she was uh, her air conditioning had broken, she let us know. And she was tweeting out about that uh, some of the surgery that she needs as she takes some time off to WWE is to do with a leaking breast implant. And the reason she felt like she needed to do this is because a bunch of assholes on the internet were saying asshole things. I don't think we need to get into any more than that. You know, that's that's what happens. You know, whether you hurt your shoulder or whatever. If you have a problem, you need to get sorted. You go and get it sorted. But her big thing was the question of body shaming. I don't want to get too off topic here. But I do see this happening a lot. Thankfully, not on my own feed. But uh, everything sometimes leaks into to, to social media. And I just think... Like, okay, people don't like, some people don't like Charlotte Flair because I think she's the chosen one and she's on television too much, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Okay, you're allowed your opinion. But when it bleeds over into attacking Ashley Flair, whatever her real name is, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just, it's just too much. These people are human beings, right? They are human beings. And even though they are massively successful and they're winning in many ways because, you know, make it to WWE, that's no bad thing. Even somebody with the thickest skin, if you keep knocking away at them, it's going to wear them down eventually. Nobody has that kind of staying power or willpower. And I hate that people that go, let's just stay off the internet. No, that's not dealing with the problem. That's, that's just finding a solution to pretend these assholes don't exist when they do. But she should be allowed to leave television for a while, get some surgery, come back without... Look, you can say whatever you want about the Charlotte Flair, the character. Yes, that's fine. But that's not what I see. I see people saying that she's using Ric Flair's this and that. And it's just like, oh, man, she's clearly very good at this. She's clearly very talented. And even if you don't think she is, again, it comes down to other entertainment programs you watch. Do you enjoy every single character you see on every single TV show? Of course you don't, because that's not realistic. That's just not how it works. And there are some subplots and TV shows that you'll watch and you'll be like, ah, I like 90% of it, but this 10% wasn't for me. Like I've been watching Ozark recently, just finished it, thought it was an okay, decent show. But again, there were characters in it that was like, oh, I don't care about what's going on with them. But it doesn't mean it's crap. It just means that particular bit wasn't for me. So I just, I just really, it just, it just doesn't, I know it's not, it's not exclusive to wrestling. It happens in all walks of life, but we're talking about wrestling right now. And I just, I just want to wash it out. I just want to get rid of it. I just don't understand it either. Maybe I'm being a bit naive, but I would much rather that stuff was just, just gotten rid of. And the criticism comes down to, I didn't like what this character did, or I didn't like that this person didn't win. That's fine. You're allowed to have your favorites and the people that you don't like, but it always becomes a personal attack. And it's just mad. I mean, some of the homophobic stuff, said to Sonny Kiss this week on AEW that Cody Rhodes even came out and defended. How can anybody send that? Like, why do you even care if somebody is, is homosexual or not? What difference does it make to your life? Let them do whatever the hell they want. 
<laughs> just you should you should be wishing happiness on people. And Sunny Kiss has an awesome opportunity on Wednesday to fight for the TNT Championship. Look, this is what this ties in my point perfectly. Do I think Sunny Kiss should win the title? No, it's too soon. I think Cody needs to hold on to that for a while because it's only going to elevate that title. But do I think Sunny Kiss should come this close? Yes. Do I think Sunny Kiss should get another attempt in four six months time and probably win something then? Yes. But it's all about the build. It's all about the story. The fact that somebody felt the need to bring their sexuality into it is just. It's criminal, and it is, literally and figuratively. It should make no difference, but judge them on what they're doing in the ring. Judge them on their promos. Judge them on who they are as a person. That's fine. If they're a massive jackass, then yeah, go and call them out for it. But what they do in their own personal time, oh, man, poof, blows my head. Absolutely blows my head. To me, Sunny Kiss is a performer with all the potential in the world, and I hope that they smash it for as long as they absolutely can. And I hope that they find a fan base and a whatever. Yeah, look, I said you can criticize it too. Do I really understand this relationship between Sonny, uh, Sonny Janella, Joey Janella and Sonny Kiss? No, just because I feel like they came together and they should have got some wins. That hasn't happened as of yet, but I'll let it play out. Maybe Joey Janella helps Sonny Kiss and he wins the TNT Championship. I don't know. And again, if that happens, do you have to like it? Of course you don't. But that's as far as it should go. It's amazing that, you know, that we're even getting somebody of the... Well, the experience level is a bit harsh because everyone deserves their opportunity. But I would guess that Sonny Kiss sees this as one of the biggest matches they've ever had. And that should be celebrated. And yeah, if they crap the bed, which I doubt they will do, but happens in all walks of life, you can go, oh, that wasn't very good. I mean, go and watch any of the, you know, the WWE Network stuff with The Undertaker or Triple H or Shawn Michaels. Some of the best people to ever do this, they know when they flubbed up. They talk about it. Well, that was crap. They don't need to be told. <laughs> They're aware. Doesn't mean we can't have the discussion, but again, it always bleeds into something else. And I kind of felt like um, uh, the Charlotte Flair stuff was a, was, a, was a representation of that because she shouldn't have to come out and, you know, defend herself, for lack of a better term. But she does because she's getting inundated with this stuff all the time. And I don't think it does anything for the business. <laughs> <laughs> uh the meluzine says sunny kiss is an amazing pioneer go sunny go i'm all behind that uh big zach leon says hello king i hope you're well i'm gonna be you're probably talking to someone else i'm gonna continue talking to me i'll take being a king no one's ever gonna put me in charge but i'll do it uh Menta says hey simon love your content that's very kind it's good mondo dondo's got it right down people put their insecurities on others you're 100 right and local numpty, best username so far, says it would be great if people started to act like decent human beings. Agreed. I totally agree with this. Um, right. Um, the other thing is, I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's something that people have uh, speculated on. And then a bunch of, you know, B-tier. That would be horrible, but it's true. B-tier sites have jumped on and pretended it's real. Everyone seems to think that the next challenger for either Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt whenever that shift happens or when they move away from each other is going to be Jeff Hardy. Which, of course, means he'll win his match with Sheamus, which he should do because he lost the first one, even though it's a bar fight match, which I find incredibly offensive, but I'm not going to talk about that here. Not offensive, problematic. I wouldn't personally be doing this with a guy that has such personal issues. Not my call to make. Again, that's Jeff Hardy's. You do not want Jeff Hardy to fight Bray Wyatt <laughs> because Bray Wyatt's whole gimmick and whole shtick is that he's going to reverse you to what you were before at your worst. And w if he WWE hadn't brought all this stuff into the story, they could have avoided that. But I read that and I had this fear. I don't think it's going to happen, but I had this fear that they're going to do it and they're going to make Jeff Hardy. And they've done it before, like they did with Hawk from Legion of Doom back in the late 90s, early 2000s. 
I also don't necessarily think that's a match that I want to see. I do believe Bray Wyatt will win the title back. I don't think he's going to win it at Extreme Rules. I think at SummerSlam, it's going to be The Fiend versus Braun Strowman, and The Fiend will win the championship. I don't want Braun Strowman to get it back. I don't feel like that character works with the title. It's the same with Bray Wyatt, but I don't want him to lose. So, you know, it's the lesser of two evils. I can see why Jeff Hardy would be in that position. Vince McMahon's very high on him. He'll have a win over Sheamus, which does legitimize him to go after the championship. But I also think he may beat Bray Wyatt, and I don't think I can handle another Bray Wyatt loss, if nothing else. I think if we're going to coronate Bray Wyatt once again, he's got to hold it for a long-ass time. And he, we've kind of been getting away from it now because The Fiend hasn't lost, and that's the people, uh, the persona people want to double down on. I'm the other way. I would rather they double down on old hick Bray Wyatt. I actually prefer that now, but we're not going to do that. It's already been buried into the ground. And also, I don't even think the title's on the line this week, so maybe Bray Wyatt does win the Swamp match and that justifies him having another go at SummerSlam. I don't know. But to me, moving Jeff Hardy into that position, I'm not 100% sure is the right move. But then you say, well, who else is there? Who else are you going to put in that spot? And you know, I don't have an answer. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where we absolutely need better challenges, which is why, even though I don't think it was the plan, Randy Orton feels like the perfect person to take on Drew McIntyre. He's got all these wins lo- uh, wins on his uh, his record. He he has momentum. He's believable. It just it makes all the sense. And I think we need someone like that over on SmackDown. It's a shame we can't move Kevin Owens or someone over there because that would rock. And obviously people like Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, they seem to be involved in the Intercontinental title. Not that I have a problem with that. I saw people moaning about that too. No way. We need to bring the IC title back up to prominence. And you do that with your workhorses. That's when people loved it before in the mid-90s and the late 90s and the 80s. They was the workhorse title. And who's a better, you know, who's better workers than AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, and Daniel Bryan? No one. In fact, I want to see that triple threat match at one point. 100% that I do. And if you want to do a four-way with Drew Gulak, absolutely. I will never believe that Drew Gulak will win, but he can go. The dude is the dude is so good. So it's good that they are propping up the mid-card, for lack of a better term. But we need to get more people into that main event position on SmackDown. And Jeff Hardy is one. I'd rather Sheamus actually came. Well, I wouldn't because the story has to go one way. But I'd be more interested in Sheamus at the, uh, the main event spot. And he went on uh, after the bell, whatever the hell it's called, the Corey Graves podcast. And he said that he thinks he's been overlooked and underrated. I agree. I think he's been put in positions throughout his career that are easy to take shots at. But when you take a step back and forget about the context, he, he has had a bit of a, of a harsh ride. I really like Seamus and I think we'll miss him more. He's going to be like sent anger. <laughs> when you look back on it, you're like, if we had just made a few changes, this could have actually been really good. But as it is, it's very odd. He's better than St. Anger. That's not fair. I quite like St. Anger. I'm not talking about St. Anger. This is not the time. Uh, right, let's do some questions. My man Min this moment says, also, what about the whole Cena being basically erased by Bray? Are they just going with poof, he's gone? Well, it depends when Cena can come back. Does Cena want to come back? Is Cena capable of coming back? I don't know. The thing is, to me, people like Cena, The Undertaker, they've done their time. If they want to come back, I'm always going to want to see them because they're legends in my own head. But... I think eventually just got to let go. And look, you know, business went down after John Cena left, which goes to show how much uh, uh, he, he did add to the company. But, pff, you know, you can't keep doing this thing, these things forever. And you could argue The Undertaker makes no sense. If this is the last time we see The Undertaker, he just drove on a bike and, and drove off. Where'd he go? <laughs> Why didn't he come back? Although I do think it's the greatest story ever. The Undertaker story, if he doesn't come again, is the coolest story ever. Brought in by Million Dollar Man and Brother Love in the 90s, early 90s. Don't really know why, because there was a mystique and there was a mysterious nature to all of this. And then 30 years later, he just leaves after killing a guy on a bike, never to be seen again. 
That is cool wrestling nonsense. I'm well up for that. So it's all good. Uh, Prince says, uh, Prince Chowdhury says, who would you add to Seth Rollins' group? It's a great question, you know, man. I don't even know if I have an answer. I, I need the uh, the roster laid out in front of me. I mean, look, Andrade and Angel Garza, maybe, especially if they're going to win the tag team championships, they could take the place of the Authors of Pain. Buddy Murphy is good in it when Austin Theory comes back, absolutely. Uh, probably someone like Liv Morgan, if she's now not going to get back with Ruby Ryan. I always think you want to have you know different genders in a group because it allows you to take over different parts of the division, which is what all stables should be doing. Um, but yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, RJ Parsons says, thoughts on the use of Ricochet right now? Well, look, he's on TV, so that's all I need. There was a while there he was on main event and I was getting worried. Although I don't, I mean this in a positive way, I don't really care what they do with Ricochet because after watching that documentary on the network, the guy is so happy. He's, he's a wrestling fan that has lived his dream. So I'm like, you know what? He, that's all I need to know. The guy smashed it. The guy won. The guy is one of the most talented wrestlers you will ever see because he does amazing things. Only ever a few other people are going to be able to do to that degree. Would I like him to be in a better spot? Absolutely. And did he, you know, take a bit of a beating from Brock Lesnar, which hurt him? Yes, he did. But at least he's on television. I know he's doing what he loves. I love Ricochet. I met him once before as well. He's a super nice dude. Uh, German, it says over under 50 that we still get a Sting versus Taker cinematic match. I will say now with all the uh, power I have in my being that you will never see that match. I don't think WWE sees any worth in it. Uh, I don't think The Undertaker feels like he'd be able to put it off. I think Sting would probably want to do it as a cinematic match, but he doesn't seem bothered either. And also, don't forget, he's got a really bad neck. I don't think it's going to happen. It's a shame, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, right, let me just check nothing else has gone on. Vince McMahon's mother turned 100, which is incredible. And the reason I bring that up is so many people are like, oh, what's going to happen when Vince McMahon dies? He's probably never going to die. He's probably going to outlive all of us. He probably is, and we're all uh, we're all laugh, we all laugh about that. But it could absolutely <laughs> it could absolutely happen, which would be hilarious. And I think that's it. I don't think anything else major broke. Uh, I should really I meant to write stuff down and I forget. But yeah, comments, questions, uh, or things that we should be talking about. Let me know. Uh, Afonso says, "Hey Simon, how would you like to see Jeff Hardy's indie TNA character Willow in WWE, perhaps as a sidekick for Bray Wyatt when he eventually needs something fresh?" I never really liked Willow. <laughs> I thought it was a bit it's a bit weird for my tastes. And that title he had was absolutely bizarre. But look, I know a lot of people did like him, so more power to you. I was I've said this before and I've said it again. I was always more of a Matt Hardy guy. I understand why people gravitated towards Jeff Hardy, but I was just more of a of a Matt Hardy guy. Really like Matt Hardy, always have. Who knows? Who knows why? But no, I, I don't want to see that character. But if you do and you get it, that rocks. I always talk about this. Sometimes people get so mad at segments and they get doubly mad at the audience member that liked a segment and they go yell at them. I'm like, no, it's awesome for them that they were entertained because that's what they were tuned in to do. Again, you can't like everything. It's just it's absolutely impossible. Um, yeah, there's no I'm, I'm going through the news now. It's been a quiet week, which has actually been quite nice. Because it's been crazy. I mean, WWE has now imposed fines if you don't wear a mask. But, I mean, let's just let that one play itself out because it's too much to, to follow all the time. I think it it absolutely wears me out, to uh, to, to say the least. Um, in this moment, says Simon, wouldn't the WCW's attempt with innovation with the match 
on the back of a truck be better now with a cinematic version. Everything would be with a cinematic version. Even Judy Bagwell on a forklift would be better with a cinematic version because you can give it a sense of weight you can't when you just have a sort of multiple camera feed that's live. When you can stop and start again and come up with ideas, you can kind of justify this stuff. Same with the uh, Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole match. That would have sucked without all of that. It was okay uh, as it is. You just don't want to do overdo. You just don't want to overdo cinematic matches for what we talked about before. When they become the norm, they're not as fun. Uh, I don't know whether I versus I is going to be cinematic, but Swamp Match absolutely is. Do you want to on the same show, even if it bookends the thing? I'm not sure you do. I think WWE knows that too. Hence why the John Cena Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match were on different nights. But it doesn't mean that I'm right with that. If something's good, something's good. I know the counterpoint to that is when we see matches all the time. Yes, but that's wrestling. You know, cinematic matches are new, so you want to keep them fresh and original. Especially because when the world does get going again and you've got fans back in, that should be a way to elongate feuds, keep things interesting. And if you've already worn it out, then you've actually taken something new that we've been begging for in wrestling for years. And that would be a shame. Like If you want to do more stuff like that, the Stadium Stampede wasn't really a cinematic match. I mean, it was. But maybe do it more in that style than the proper high production quality cameras and keep them for the big events, such as SummerSlam. We'll see what happens with the Swamp Match. I think we'll know more, uh, we'll know more after that. Uh, RJ Parsons says, Simon, do you agree with WWE pursuing Tessa Blanchard given all her off-screen issues in inverted commas? Uh, yes. I mean, look, I don't know the truth of any of those because obviously it's all speculation. But I will say that you have to, you, sh- you can't say, you shouldn't be able to say that stuff and there'd be no consequences, right? Completely believe in free speech, but also believe that you have to be held responsibility for your actions. Um, maybe she's changed. Maybe we don't know the whole situation with Impact from what I've read. And again, it's all speculation. It just sounds like she didn't want to do what she should have done which is not cool at all even within the world that we find ourselves in but i think you have to judge her on what she does in wwe uh, if that does go ahead Uh, but again what i will say as an overall point of view is that no i think people that say and do certain things need to be educated before they're given opportunities and you can't put somebody in jail forever if it actually seems like they have changed depending on their crime of course but if they do seem like they're educated and a better person then is the time to reach out to them but we will see. Slammiversaries this weekend. Slammiversary looks damn good. And if you get Gowers and Anderson and EC3 and Heath Slater and who flipper knows who else, Eric Young, I actually think it'd be quite a buzz about that. I think it's going to be really, really fun. I think it may be better than Extreme Rules. Saturday, we've got Slammiversary. Sunday, we've got that. I'm kind of pumped for it. I never thought I'd... That's not true, actually. I quite like Impact. Impact just goes under the radar. But it's actually quite decent. They've got good storylines. And Ken Shamrock is nuts. Uh, James says, hey, Simon, have you seen the interview on AEW's YouTube with Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff? Well worth the watch. No, I haven't, but I will check that out. That sounds interesting because I know they had a tet for tet. Um, I like Eric Bischoff, but just sometimes he says things on the internet and there's no need. He just throws shade at too many people. I'm so sick, so sick of wrestling shade. People saying that guy sucks. This guy sucks. Everybody sucks. Can't we all just get along? Exactly. Uh, Afonso says, do you think we'll ever see Demon Balor again? Well, if they do, I hope they build it up properly this time and don't just treat it like he got dressed up for Halloween. I never understood that. I will say that I was never the demon's biggest fan, but that's because I think I like a story behind my madness. Although I do love Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is a top individual and I hope he continues to smash it in um, in NXT. Um, Mondo Dondo says, the bar fight is going to be a cine match too. That is a good point. But is it though? I'm not 100% sure that is the case. I think that could be more like a stadium stampede thing. So it's shot on location, but it doesn't feel like we're watching an independent movie or anything like that. I think, it's just, I think it just could be 
sort of super aggressive. I also hate that match for the for the record. Uh, the idea that we're meant to think that Jeff Hardy's not going to be able to control himself because there's booze everywhere. I think we're massively heading in the wrong direction, but hey-ho. Uh, Palmer says, hey, Sam, what do you think about Gallows and Anderson and Impact? I think they rock. And the fact that it sounds like the deal they've negotiated will also let them perform in New Japan, that's what I want. I think eventually they probably will end up in an AEW, but those two are so good, both as singles and a tag team, never used properly in WWE for my own money. Um, more big, bigger characters than they've ever actually been allowed to show on WWE TV. I think they'll be an absolutely awesome addition to Impact. And if all those rumors are true, yeah, I can't wait to see them. They're, they're so good. I love them. And their talking shop thing is fun. Uh, it's fun as well. Uh, the Meluzine says, speaking of mixed gender stables, how would you like to see the reintroduction of Anna Jago as a member of the Dark Order? I hope they give her more than just a number. That is true. I do like the way that we're building up the Dark Order. I think the Colt Cabana storyline is good. I always say that wrong when it rolls off the tongue. I think it's good. I think he may actually swerve and not join. But yeah, when Anna Jay eventually does sort of have her comeback, or whatever the right word would be, I think she should have a role like Evil Uno or Stu Grayson or, you know, Colt at the moment. Make sure she stands out of a bit of an individual. And like I say, eventually they should start penetrating or infiltrating different divisions. So they should be going after the world title, the tag team title, the TNT title, the woman's title. And if at one point you really want to push them because you think the time is right, they should probably win a load and then they become a massive threat. I would like to see that. I don't have a question about that, uh, a problem with that at all. Um, Big T Sut says, who do you think is next for Keith Lee? Well, it's going to be Karrion Cross. That's an interesting match because do you take it off Keith Lee so soon? Does he just lose one of the titles? Do you give a surprise loss to Karrion? What does that do for his push? It's a big question mark, but you, we, we want, I want those question marks. Like sometimes we can do things too soon, but I think right now, given the, the, the state of Wednesday nights, that's the match that people want to see. So we should absolutely, we should pursue that and we should come up with a story that works. You know, like when Kevin Owens took the title off Sami Zayn so soon in NXT, it was great because the story made so much sense. It made you believe and there was drama. Like Keith Lee doesn't have to have a major title reign if losing it adds to your engagement with the character of Keith Lee. And these are the things that I hope NXT starts coming up with. And they're absolutely capable of doing that. They're 100% capable of doing that. So I presume it will be carrying cross, but maybe there'll be a filler feud in between just so Keith Lee can get a big win. I don't know. What, I'm intrigued to see what NXT does on Wednesday because they've basically just had two pay-per-views, as has AEW. But AEW kind of has been able to carry that on with the John Moxley match, which they weren't able to do. It's going to be another interesting week, as we, uh, as we already know. And I will do one more because it's not as my laptop battery is about to die and nobody, <laughs> nobody needs that uh i will go with uh biting trump's tasty peach what did you feel about rusev's announcement the other day i was watching his stream live when he and cj both tested positive i mean it's just awful right anyone that's testing positive right now is awful uh thankfully lana has said that her mum is out of hospital which is good i just hope that they're all well i hope that they get over it i hope that anybody tests positive has an easy an easy ride as they can Look, the world is terrifying right now. I was thinking this the other day. Like They just made masks mandatory over here when you're going into shops. Uh, something I'm 100% behind in case you're interested. You know, Even if you don't believe the science, it takes no effort to put on a mask. You should help out your other human beings. But in the space of six months, the world has changed almost beyond... You know, it's like, it feels like a completely different place, which is kind of terrifying. But it's... Um, yeah, it just goes to show. And that's why I just hope when we are at the other side of this, maybe we're a little bit kinder to each other. It's not like I'm ending a Jerry Springer show, but uh, 
but done. And I've got just time to do one more, which will be fantasy booking question. If you could pick anyone to be Raw SmackDown GM, who would you pick and why? Well, somewhat hypocritically, I wouldn't have a Raw GM or a SmackDown GM because I'm so bored of it. I know I do the Wizard in the Sky gag. You do need something. Like AEW does it well. I know. I praise AEW. What a dick. But they do it well because you know that Tony Khan exists, but he doesn't dominate the television at all. So that's fine. You can have an official authority figure that doesn't take up 100%. But to me, it's just when you have these random matches, you're like, well, who decided this was okay? Did the wrestlers decide? And if that's the case, why aren't they deciding this all the time? I don't think you want to go back to authority figures. I do feel like it's been running to the ground. Um, but they're, they're, like the cinematic match, there must be a new way to present it. And I do like it. And the AEW never feels random to me. Sometimes it does, but not overall, whereas WWE can feel very random. Not that I'm massively against it. Like, I'm pretty sure that Raw is my favorite wrestling show because of the madness. <laughs> because it's just like, that was three hours of somebody injecting madness into my face. Um, but I don't know. Someone says Jack Tunney too. Yeah, damn right, Jack Tunney. And on that note, before my uh, laptop dies, I will wrap it up. Again, once I get my ass in gear, we will 100%, we'll, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, we'll do big ones like this. This has been sort of an hour. Uh, but then sort of Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, weekends are difficult but in the week if something happens or there's something we want to talk about i'll just jump on twitch for 30 minutes that way we'll get to affiliate status as well which i keep meaning to do but it's great i'm busy i've got no problem with that it means i'm being uh, i'm being well taken care of but otherwise if you are on twitch right now make sure you smash the follow button so you know when i'm going live i did put something in the youtube community feed today but that is going to be kept to a minimum because i do not like spamming people's feeds um, so yeah, make sure you follow me on Twitch. Again, check out my YouTube channel, search for Simon Miller, uh, at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. The only way I'm able to do this is because of my patron, patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. And shout out to pinsandknuckles.com, pinsandknucklesmerch.com. I just did a big order with them for new merchandise. The Bored Asshole t-shirt on the way, the Flexus' t-shirt on the way, and the Cartoon Wide t-shirt on the way. Haven't bought too many because t-shirts cost a damn lot of money. I, you know, I don't have that much cash, but I'll let you know when they're available to buy. And if you want to get one, great. If you don't, it's absolutely no problem. Take care of yourselves. Uh, have a good Tuesday. Enjoy the wrestling week. I will be back on Thursday. But yeah, keep an eye out tomorrow. Hopefully we can smash out just 20, 30 minutes. Have a little chat about wrestling. Thanks for joining me too. I know your time is precious. You decided to give it to me. That means a lot. I'll see you soon.